this morning again, we, you know, I cannot overemphasize that we really need to express our appreciation to all our mothers. So again, you might hear this time and time again throughout our preaching this morning. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of us. And I, as I encourage the Chino group uh, through our meeting last Friday, and as again I was encouraged yesterday through the family dedication, you know, when are you going to express your appreciation to your moms? When they're no longer here? Or perhaps they're bedridden or in a coma? In 2007, my mother, who had previously suffered a stroke, suffered a heart attack. And she was in a comatose state for three years and nine months. She won't be able to respond. She probably couldn't hear. And to be honest, to my shame, I would sometimes go to the home, her, her house, have lunch with the rest of my siblings, and go home. And sometimes forget that she was there in the room. We would celebrate her birthdays uh, by putting balloons. But she couldn't respond. But my greatest joy and privilege and honor is that one Sunday afternoon, when my son and I returned from serving in the music ministry in CCF, we had lunch and my mom was the only one there. And out of the blue, in the midst of our conversation, she said, hey, you have not prayed for me yet. I said, mom, let me finish my lunch. And then I will share something with you. And then I will pray for you. And that was the time that God appointment that I was able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my mother received salvation that day. And just to make sure, I said, Mom, if you were to die, where would you go? She said, to heaven. So why? Because of Jesus Christ. My mom was a very religious person. But she trusted Jesus Christ that day. So when she passed away, when the Lord took her, I know where she was going. So when I do remember her and I tear up, it is tears of joy and not sorrow. Because I know that she is with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. This morning, because it is Mother's Day, guess what? I'm not going to talk about a mother. Para maiba. But I am going to talk about a woman. And I've entrusted our message this morning. It's now or maybe never. I was going to title it an old song. It's now or never. Right? But it's not yet too late. So it's now or maybe never. I'm going to talk about Esther. some trivia about the book of Esther. The book of Esther is only one of two books in the Bible named after women. The other book being the book of Ruth. Now, the book of Esther was written about 483, between 483 and 473 before Christ. It was written during a time of, cap captiv of Jewish captivity. You see, they, because of their disobedience, God allowed them to be taken over by the Babylonians. And they were brought into Babylon. And, but then they were eventually returned. And this might shock most of you. In the book of Esther, there is absolutely no mention of God at all. Absolutely. There is no reference to God. There is no reference to Jesus Christ. So why is the book of Esther over there? There, is a lot, there are a lot of things that are not explicit in the Bible. For example, the word, the name, Bible, doesn't appear in the Bible. The Trinity, the word Trinity, 
does not appear in the Bible. But the Bible says, speaks, teaches of the Trinity. When Jesus Christ was baptized, guess what? A voice from heaven, God the Father. Why do we know God the Father? Why? What did he say? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then what happened? Then the Holy Spirit descended. So where do you have the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit right there in the baptism of Jesus Christ. But you won't find the word Trinity. So just because a word doesn't appear in the Bible doesn't mean it's unbiblical or non-biblical. All right? So we're going to take a look at the book of Esther. I'm going to do a lot of reading. We're going to cover the whole book. But snapshots of it will just take the most important parts. Parts that way we can really apply in our lives. Is that okay with you? Let's commit the time to the Lord this morning. God Almighty, we just want to thank you for this day that we can worship you in freedom. We can celebrate our mothers. And we can celebrate the reading and teaching of your word. Minister to all of us, Lord God. Superintend my preparation. And let your people only listen to your voice this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Esther chapter 1. Now it took place in the days of Ahasuerus. The Ahasuerus who reigned from India to Ethiopia. Over 177 provinces. 127 promises, provinces. In those days, as King Ahasuerus sat on his royal throne, which was in the citadel in Susa, in the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all of his princes and attendants, the army officers of Persia and Media, the nobles and the princes of his provinces being in his presence. And he displayed the riches of his royal glory and splendor of his great majesty for many days. 180 days. Have you been invited to a party? 180 days. So we are introduced to King Ahasuerus. In the NASB, he is referred to as Artaxerxes. Or Xerxes. Right? Some of you might recall uh, the 300. Xerxes! You know? Oh! <laughs> All right? Now, we are introduced. Oh, okay, now we are introduced to this king. One hundred twenty-seven provinces was under his control. This is a rich king. He was a powerful king. But take particular note of those two: Persia and Media. Persia and Media. This is where we have the law. Of the Medes and the Persians. And we will see later what that means to all of us. The Medes and the Persians. So there was a there was a big celebration. He didn't he was the king. He did not need to have an occasion to celebrate. I want a celebration. So call everybody. And it lasted for what? 180 days. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mehuman, Bista, Harbona, Bigtha, Abagtha, Zetar, and Karkas. They had very hard names before. The seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King Ahasuerus to bring Queen Vashti before the king with her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and the princess. For she was beautiful. So what was the intention of King Ahasuerus? Go, all seven of you, go fetch my wife. Why? Because I want to display my wife. Because she is beautiful. And I want all of you to gaze upon her beauty. Was King Ahasuerus proud of his wife yes she would want to present her to the princess look at verse 12 but Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command delivered by the eunuchs the king became very angry and his wrath burned within him who is calling you 
the king. When the king calls you, what should you do? You should go. Because the king is the person in authority. Yes? But what did she do? She refused. And of course, because King Ahasuerus is a human being also like us, what happened? Ah, it's alright. It's okay. It's okay that you can embarrass me. That's fine. Is that what happened? He burned with anger. Not only did he burn in anger, the king sent to the wise men who understood the times, for it was custom of the king so to speak before all who knew law and justice and were close to him. Ito na naman, hirap. Karshina, Sethar, Adma, Tarshish, Meres, Marsina, Mekuman, the seven princes of Persia and Media, who had access to the king's presence and sat in the first place in the kingdom. What did he do? Now he is the king, but he still sought the counsel of other people. I would even say that it's a humble, he is a humble king. That he would seek others people, other people's advice. So what happened? According to the law, he asked, what is to be done with Queen Vashti? Because she did not obey the command of the king. Ahasuerus delivered by the eunuchs. What's the problem? He called for her. She refused. In humility, King Ahasuerus. Help me make this decision. What is to be done with someone who was called and did not come? What are we going to do? If it pleases the king, let a royal edict be issued by him and let be written in the laws, here we go, the laws of Persia and Media, so that it cannot be repealed. So when you're reading your Bible and you encounter the law of the Persians and the Medes, Know that once it is there in the law of the Persians and Medes, it cannot be revoked, it cannot be edited, it cannot be amended, it cannot be changed. It's there. Let it be written in the law of Persia and Media so that it cannot be repealed that Vashti, who is Vashti? The queen who refused the king. That Vashti may no longer come into the presence of King Ahasuerus and let the king give her royal position to another who is more worthy than she. When the, king, when, the, when the king's edict which he shall make is served through all this kingdom, great as it is, then all women will give honor to their husbands, great and small. So what is the edict? What is the judgment? Queen Vashti is supposed to vacate her position as queen. She will no longer be queen. And King Ahasuerus will go throughout his kingdom and choose another one for himself. Other than that, what do you see that the edict was supposed to contain? Wives, you don't like to answer. Husbands, you're afraid of your wife because you don't like to answer. Look! Then all women... Give honor to their husbands, great and small. Nandun ako sa bandal likod, the small. Right? Now, a lot of us think that to honor and submit and respect your husband is only in the New Testament. Guess what? Look. Let it be written in the law of the Medes and the Persians. That wives must honor their husbands, great and small. What else? This, wor this word pleased the king and the princess and the king did as Memukan proposed. So he sent letters to all the king's provinces. So each province according to its script and every people according to their language that every man... Ayan na naman. Parang ayaw lumabas. That all... That every man should be the master in his own house and he who speaks in the language of his own people. Kala nyo, Mother's Day, huh? No, no, no. We're getting there. But th this is the foundation of what we're going to discuss. The queen refused the king. So the king executed, issued an edict 
Wives are supposed to honor their husbands, great and small. Husbands, you are supposed to take the lead. So who has a responsibility? Both. The husband is supposed to lead and the wife is supposed to submit. Isn't that what the book of Ephesians says? Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Verse 33. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. I'm supposed to be the head of my household. But if I do not do what I'm supposed to do, guess usually what happens? Well, you're not moving, the wife will say. So I'm going to take control. Because you're not moving. Is that in line with what the Bible says? Answer, no. I have a role to play. My role is what? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. What is the role of the wife? Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. And the wife must respect the husband. That's not only the book of Ephesians. The book of Esther is very clear, yes? So what happened? Now there was at the citadel of Susa a Jew whose name was Mordecai. So we were introduced to Ahasuerus. We were introduced to Queen Vashti who is now out of her position. And now we are introduced to this Jew. His name is Mordecai. The son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the captives, who had been exiled with Jeconiah, the king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had exiled. So you see a snapshot once again. Why they are here? Because they were taken over by King Nebuchadnezzar and brought to Babylon. Now we have a Jew. His name is Mordecai. He was bringing up Hadassah, that is... Esther. So the Hebrew name of Esther is Hadashah. His uncle's daughter, for she had no father or mother. Now the young lady was beautiful of form and face. And where her father had, and mother had died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. So there is a relationship. Now we introduce to the fourth character in our story. Esther. And who is Esther? She is the adoptive relative of Mordecai the Jew so what is the nationality or the ethnic background of Esther she also is a Jew she is also is a Jew under the captivity of King Ahasuerus all right so it came about when the when the command and the decree of the king were heard, and many young ladies were gathered to the citadel of Susa in the custody of Hegai, that Esther was taken into the king's palace, into the custody of Hegai, who was in charge of the women. No more queen. The king is looking for a queen. And Esther was taken to be part of the beauty pageant. Now the young lady pleased him and found favor with him. So he quickly provided her with cosmetics and food and gave her seven choice maids for the king's palace and transferred her and her maids to the best place in the harem. Did Esther find favor with King Ahasuerus? Why? She was beautiful. So the king gave her seven maids to take care of her. And Esther and the seven maids were brought into the palace harem. Esther did not make known her people or her kindred or Mordecai, for Mordecai had instructed her that she should not make them known. Every day, Mordecai walked back and forth in front of the court of the harem to learn how Esther was and how she fared. Here you see discipleship going on. Mordecai instructed Esther do not let the people know that you are a Jew we are just slaves of this king do not let anyone know that you are a Jew and look at Mordecai he was so concerned about his adoptive relative that he would go back and forth just to see because what if the king would decide Eh, 
I don't like you anymore. You see the problem? So what happened? Now when the turn of each young lady came to go into King Ahasuerus, after the end of her 12 months, under the regulations for the women, for the days, ito na, gusto, gusto nito, mothers, for the days of beautification, okay? the days of beautification were completed as follows. Six months with oil of myrrh and six months with spices and the cosmetics for women. Oh. Husbands, if your wife, if husbands, if your wife asks you, can I go to the spa? Baka one year hindi bumalik yun. Six months, oh, six months of oil and myrrh, and another six months with spices and cosmetics. Oh, huh? Oh, ah? How you wish? Now we have uh, massage envy over there, nail spa over here. Magano? Forty-five dollars. Mahal naman. Sale eh. One hour, forty-five minutes. Sale. Six months. Oil of myrrh, and then another six months with spices and cosmetics for women. Look at that. Kalanyo cosmetics modern day lang. During their time. Now, I, please do not ask me because I do not know what they put. Or maybe mud pack. I mean, really mud, you know? I don't know. But look, one whole year of beautification. One whole year. That was their practice. Besides, the person being prepared is for the king. And the king will not spare any expense. It's good to be the king. But what is really most important? Is it cosmetics? Beautification? Look at what it says in First Peter. In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands. So, oh. <laughs> Kayo naman, no? Masyado kayo sensitive, eh. In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands. And even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be one without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe <laughs> as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior that kaya pala hindi kayo magkatabi ni Mrs. this one you cannot pay as mastercard advertisement will say this is priceless. The inward beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. See, look, your adornment must not merely be external. So, it's also there. But that's not the main thing. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with an imper imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. Why? Which is precious in the sight of God. Priceless. I do not know what you are trying to communicate. Your wife will validate later. It's priceless. The inner beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Priceless. Precious in the eyes of God. So Esther was beautified, cosmeticized, if there is a word, for one year. The king loved Esther more than all the women. And she found favor and kindness with him for more, more than all the virgins. So that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. So who won the beauty pageant? Esther. She was not only beautiful outwardly, but she was also beautiful inwardly. That she found favor with King Ahasuerus. And she became his queen. 
Now Esther had not yet made known her kindred or her people, even as Mordecai had commanded her. For Esther did what Mordecai told her, as she has done when under his care. Do you see the influence of Mordecai upon Esther? Mordecai discipled Esther. Not only when she was taken to be part of the palace, but when he was when she was still under her care. So when Mordecai said, don't tell them that you're a Jew, she obeyed. She trusted Mordecai enough to obey him. Until you tell me, I'm not going to say anything. Why? Because this was how Mordecai discipled Esther. She is now queen. In those days, when Mordecai was sitting in the king's gate, Bigtan and Teresh, two of the king's officials, whom those who guarded the door, became angry and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. Two of his very own plotted to kill him. But the plot became known to who? To Mordecai. And Mordecai told whom? Esther. By now, Esther is now the queen. And Esther informed the king in Mordecai's name. Now, when the plot was investigated and found to be so, they were both hanged in the gallows, and it was written in the books of the chronicles in the king's presence. So again, you see, just because King Ahasuerus is king, and it is his own queen that gives information about this plot, what did he do? He had it investigated. He did not just take the word of the queen, but when an, investigated was conduct, an investigation was conducted and found to be true, what happened? Those two who plotted to, to kill him were hanged. Exciting ba? Parang telenovela. After these events, chapter 3, after these events in King, Ar- King Ahasuerus promoted Haman. Not Haman, okay? Haman. Haman. We have another person in the story. Haman. The son of Hameda, Hamedata, the Agagite, and advanced him and established his authority over all the princes who were with him. All the king's servants who were king at the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman, so for, for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai neither bowed down nor paid homage. So King Ahasuerus, promoted Haman and Haman became proud but there was this one man in the kingdom whose name was Mordecai who happened to be a Jew who would not bow down and pay homage to Haman why? to bow down to pay homage is a form of idolatry and the Bible tells us You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol in any way, shape, or form. And you shall not bow to them, nor shall you worship them. So Mordecai was a faithful Jew. He would not bow and pay homage to Haman. If you're Haman, what would you do? Okay lang yan. Really? When Haman saw Mordecai neither bow nor paid homage to him, Haman was filled with rage, but he disdained to lay hands from Mordecai alone, for they had told him the people of Mordecai, and therefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai who were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus. So because Mordecai did not want to bow down to Haman, what did Haman plan to do he was going to have all the Jews in the kingdom of King Ahasuerus be put to death who else is a Jew Esther and who is Esther the queen but she kept silent about who she really was because Mordecai had not yet told her. 
So Haman now is promoted. He is a man of position. And he is angry at the Jews. Then Haman said to, to King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from, from those of all other people. And they do not observe the king's laws. So if it is not in the king's interest to let them remain. If it is pleasing to the king, let it be decreed that they be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who carry on the king's business to put it into the king's treasuries. So Haman told King Ahasuerus about these people who he purported do not obey the king. Then the king took his signet ring from his hand, gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. What is the significant of, significance of the signet ring? In those days, they did not have signature. They would prepare the document. They would put some hot wax. And then the signet ring will be put on the wax. And the wax would have the imprint of the signet ring of that person in authority, making it an official document. So what did the king do? Here is my signet ring. You do what you have to do in my name. You will do it. And who is this person? Haman, the enemy of the Jews. Now, when Mordecai learned all that had been done, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city and wailed loudly and bitterly. He was in mourning. When you encounter this in your Bible reading, when they tear their clothes and they put ashes, there in mourning. Now, he was going about the city, city, crying and wailing loudly and bitterly. He went as far as the king's gate, but no one was supposed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. When you know, when you go to the king, you have to be well-dressed. For example, you are called, example lang, I don't know your politics. You are called to the White House for an audience with the president. Wag na lang natin Sabihing, if it's Trump or Obama, you're called by the president. You will go in your shorts. You will dress up, right? You'll dress up. And then you'll say, yes, I want to see the president. Who are you? Uh, he has to see me. What will they do? Oh, don't you, don't you. No, they're going to call the secretary. And say, hello, Mr. Nolan is here. Mr. President, did you call for Mr. Yes. Unless you are acknowledged by the king, you cannot enter the palace. Yes or no? So it was not good for you to go into the presence of the king in sackcloth and looking sad. It will upset the king. And in, because he is upset, upset, he might have you killed. Remember, he's the king. In each and every province where the command and decree of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. And many lay on sackcloth and ashes. They began to pray. They began to mourn. Why? Their judgment, their death is at hand. At the hands of Haman. Then Esther spoke to Haggai. Okay. Background. Now, the edict had been gone. Word had gone out that sooner or later, all the Jews are going to be put to death. In chapter 4, between verse 3 and verse 9, Mordecai sent word to Esther. Esther, our people are in jeopardy of annihilation. Now it is time for you to tell the king... Because through you might come our salvation. Alright? So, then Esther spoke to Hatak, 
and ordered him to reply to Mordecai. All the king's servants and peoples of the king's provinces know that for any man or woman who comes to the king, to the inner court, who is not summoned, he has but one law, that he be put to death. Unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for these 30 days. So Mordecai tells Esther, tell the king there is an edict that is going to be implemented to kill all of our people. And what is Esther's reply? If I go to the king when I have not been called and he does not tip his scepter to me, I'm dead. And I have not been called to the palace these last 30 days. They related Esther's words to Mordecai. Then Mordecai told him to reply to Esther. Do not imagine that you are in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. Esther is a Jew? By the edict with the signet ring of King Ahasuerus, is Esther supposed to also be killed? Yes or no? Yes. So what did Mordecai say? Do not think that just because in your, you're in the palace, you're going to escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. In the past, Mordecai said, But now, now it's Esther, now it's time for you to speak up. Do not think that your position in the palace will protect you. And do not think that you are the only person that God can use to preserve His people. Look at what it says. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Friends, if God promotes you, if God puts you in charge of people, especially in the corporate world, if you become a supervisor, a vice president, you have an, a potential to influence the people below. More so in the Philippines. Here, you might get sued. But why did God put you in that position? You see, when I was offered an assistant vice president position in another company, part of my decision-making process was, okay, is there more opportunity for ministry in that position? Will I have more influence over more people in that position? It's not just the money. It's not just the perks. But also, the, is, is the ministry opportunity expanded? Now, Esther was hesitant to speak to the king because if she did not if she went to the king and the king did not call her what could be the possible outcome death so Mordecai challenged Esther don't think you can escape don't think that you are the only person that God can use and who knows maybe you became queen for a time such as this it's now or maybe never. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. Go assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my maidens also will fast in the same way. And thus I will go to the king which is not according to the law. So what did Esther decide to do? You pray for me. You fast for me. Because I'm going to the king, even if it is not in accordance with the law. You see, sometimes to make progress, you got to stick your neck out, right? 
Just look at the turtle. Pagong. The turtle will not move forward unless and until it sticks its neck out. Fast. Pray for me. Because I'm going to go before the king even if it is not according to law. What did she say? If I perish, I perish. Many of us are saying, I am willing to die for the Lord. Right? And then when the time comes, you push somebody else. Sige, pirate squad. Boom! Patay! Esther said, I will go, even if it is not according to the law. If I perish, I perish. If I die, then I die. So that was the plan. Now it came about on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court in the, in the king's palace in front of the king's room and the king was sitting on his royal throne in the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. So she put on her nice clothes because she was going to the king. At least if I die, you know, I die uh, with nice clothes. When the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court, she obtained favor in his sight, and the king extended to Esther the golden scepter which was in his hands. So Esther came near and touched the top of his scepter. Did Esther live? Did she risk her life going to the king, uncalled for by the king? Yes. But because God was moving, the king acknowledged the presence of Esther. Come. She lived. Then the king said to Esther, What is troubling you, Queen Esther? And what is your request? Even to half of the kingdom it shall be given to you. Esther said, If it pleases the king, may the king and Haman come this day to the banquet that I have prepared for him. Oh, what's the game plan? I'm now going to tell the king about Haman. I am now going to disclose who I really am. That's her plan. But God had another plan. During that night, the king could not sleep, so he gave an order to bring the book of records, the chronicles that they were reading before the king. It was found, it was found written that Mordecai had reported concerning Bigtana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs who were doorkeepers, that they had sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. The king said, What honor or dignity has bestowed on Mordecai for this? The king's servant said to him, Behold, Haman is standing in the court and said, Let him come in. Let's consult Haman. So Haman came in and said to the king, What is to be done for the man whom the king desires to honor? And Haman said to himself, huh, Who would the king desire to honor more than me? Remember, Haman hates the Jews. He was just newly promoted. So in his mind, believe sa sarili. Who is this guy that the king wants to honor more than me? So okay. Then Haman said to the king, For the man whom the king desires to honor, let him bring a royal robe which the king has worn, and the horse on which the king has ridden, and whose head royal clown has been played. And set the robe and the horses to be handed over to one of the king's most noble princes. And let them array the man whom the king desires to honor. And lead him on horseback through the city square. And proclaim before him, Thus it shall be done to the man who honors the king. Then the king said to Haman, they take, they take quickly the robes and the horses you have said, and do so for Mordecai the Jew, who is sitting at the king's gate. And do not fall short in anything of all that you have said. <laughs> Speaking of reversal of fortune, Haman wanted to, to destroy the Jews. Now, the king is about to honor Mordecai. 
the Jew. Even if Esther was already planning a banquet to disclose all of this, what did God do? God already spoke to the king. God was already preparing the events. And Haman thought to himself, I, I'm the one going to be proud. Wow. Have you felt that way? You are the good Christian worker. You come in on time. You live on time. You do your work. Now it's promotion time. And guess what? You're not promoted. Maybe it's not your time. Maybe God is still preparing you for a better position. God's timing is not our timing. It's now. Or maybe never. Will you be content just serving the Lord where you are? Or are you running after position, power, fame, popularity? The queen, then Queen Esther replied, I have found, if I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me as my petition, and my people as my request. For I have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. Now if only we had been sold as slaves, men and women, I would have remained silent. For the trouble would not be commensurate with the annoyance of the king. So finally, Esther spills the beans. I am but a slave, and it's okay just to be a slave. But my life and the lives of all the Jews under your kingdom is about to come to an end. Then King Ahasuerus asked Queen Esther, who is he? Who is this guy who is promoting the annihilation of you and all your people? Who is he? And where is he? And who would presume to do thus? Esther said, a foe and an enemy. This wicked Haman. Then Haman became terrified before the king and queen. Just at the right time. Not too early, never late. You know, God's timing is not our timing. He is seldom early, but He is never late. Can you testify to that? To the faithfulness of God in your life? You thought God was not you know, paying attention, not doing anything, and lo and behold, <gasps> just at the right time. It's now. Or maybe never. But just at the right time. What is this? So they hanged Haman on the gallows which he had prepared for Mordecai. And the king's anger subsided. You see, because of the anger of Haman, he had a gallows 50 feet high built so that he would hang Mordecai there. So what happened? When God moved, all the table was reversed. It was Haman who was hanged in the gallows that Haman himself prepared for Mordecai. Why are you going to kill my queen? Then Esther, then she said, If it please the king, if I have found favor before him and the matter seems proper at the time, and I am unpleasing in his sight, let it be written to revoke the letters of the devised uh, letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamadetta, the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who are in all the king's provinces. Can you erase the law of the Medes and the Persians? Yes or no? No. Can you amend? No. Can you edit? No. Can you revise? No. What do you do? Have another law written that will contradict the previous law. You get it? Now you write to the Jews, King Ahasuerus said, 
you write to the Jews as you see fit in the king's name and seal it with the king's signet ring. For a decree which is written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's signet ring may not be revoked. The law of the Medes and the Persians. Who had the signet ring before? Haman. Who now has the signet ring? Esther, the Jew. But we do not see God. If God allowed the Jews to be exterminated, how could He fulfill His promise that He gave to Abraham that from His line would come the Messiah? So even if you do not see God or Jesus Christ, you see the hand of God. God preserved the Jews because just at the right time, a Savior will be born to you. He is Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. God intervened just at the right time. It's now or maybe never. So what did what happened? In them, the king granted the Jews who were in each and every city in the right to assemble, to defend themselves, to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate the entire army of any people or province which might attack them, including children and women, and plunder their spoil. King Ahasuerus could not revoke the previous decree. So, through Esther, another decree was issued. What? If somebody attacks you, you can defend yourself. You can fight. It's now legal. Before, what do you do? You're just going to get killed. You have no power to defend yourself. Because that was the rule. That was the law. The law of the Medes and Persians, which you cannot revoke. So what do you do? You issue another. So for example, if I was the one, okay, uh, all uh, males uh, 5, 2 and below, will be annihilated. Diba? Sama naman ako. Right? And say, no, I changed my mind. What do you do? You issue another decree. All those who kill males, 5'2 and below, shall be put to death. Oh. Offset. You get it? Offset. So there's an offset now. The offset is, if you're a Jew and you're attacked, you have the right to defend yourself. You can, you can have a right to live. Yes? You know, it's the same thing with your salvation and mine. Romans 8 verse 1 says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're not in Christ Jesus, if you reverse this, if you're not in Christ Jesus, are you under condemnation? Yes. If you are in Christ Jesus, are you under condemnation? No. There is, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You see what God did? He gave a law. What is the law? For the wages of sin is death. God cannot change that. God cannot revoke that. He said the payment for sin is death. So how does he turn the tables, so to speak, on his own law? The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Why? For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. So what did God do? Because you and I cannot pay for our sins, God sent somebody. God sent His one and only Son. He became a human just like you and me. And He carried your sin and mine and went to the cross to satisfy the law of God that sin must be paid for with death. Death was paid for when Jesus Christ died for your sin and mine. 
God did not change His law. He fulfilled His law through Jesus Christ. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's why Jesus Christ, when He walked the earth, He said what? I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. God's law must be fulfilled. And the only way that God could fulfill the law of sin and death was to give a new law, a new law of life in the Spirit in the Lord Jesus Christ. If Esther kept silent, the Jews maybe could have died. Because Mordecai was clear enough, if you're not going to do it, God may use someone else to do His will. Because God will still do His will with or without your cooperation. Esther cooperated with the will of God. Even if God was not mentioned in the book of Esther. In some of our situations, it is really now. Or maybe never. Why? Look at these statistics. World birth and death rate. 19 births per 1,000 population. 131.4 million births per year. 360,000 births per day. 15,000 births each hour. Death rate. 8 deaths per 1,000, 55.3 million die each year, 151,600 people die each day, 6,316 people die each hour. By the time I started this message this morning, 6,316 people have died. And who knows where they are going? That's why I shared with you, Last time I went to Manila, I may not have fulfilled everything that I had intended to do. But God led me to share the good news about Jesus Christ to my brothers, to my sister. And my sister who joined me in praying to receive Christ is right here. She's seated at the back. It's now. Or maybe never. If you are not going to take the opportunity to share the gospel, your loved one, your friend, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother could be part of that 6,316 6, people that die each hour. What are we waiting for? I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. First for the Jew, then to the Gentile. See, I don't have the power. The power is in the gospel. But if I'm not willing to share the good news, if I'm not willing to share the gospel, how will this person hear? How will they hear if nobody tells them? How will somebody tell them if they are not sent? For anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ah, okay lang. They're still young. How do you know? If they will live another day. It's now. Or maybe never. Take it upon yourselves, brothers and sisters. To be proactive in sharing about Jesus Christ before it is too late. It's now or maybe never. Why? I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of, Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus, who is judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word in, 
preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, Rebu reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience in instruction. Why? Because for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but will want to have their tears, ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away from their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, who's that? But you, be sober in all your things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Do not think that God saved you only to populate heaven. Jesus Christ, before he ascended back to heaven, he said this, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Oh, okay, pastor. I will become a cross-cultural missionary. I will go to India. I will go to the Middle East. Why do you have to go far? Do you have family members who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ? You and I keep on planning to go abroad. We cannot even fulfill our ministry as evangelists in our own household. What are we doing? What are we doing? It's now. Or maybe never. Do the work of an evangelist. What is an evangelist? One who shares the good news. That's all you need to do. Do you know that God loves you? Yeah, I know that. No, no, no. He, died, he loves you so much that Jesus Christ died for you so that you could go to heaven. Why do I need to go to heaven? Because there is a hell. And I tell you, you don't want to go there. So what do I do? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved. You and your household. It's now or maybe never. Let's pray. God, thank you for the book of Esther that challenges us to speak when the opportunity is right and not to forego that opportunity for the person who is right in front of us may be that person that you want us to share the Lord Jesus Christ with. God, will you give us the boldness before it is too late? Let no one, Lord God, whom we know, slip into eternity without you giving us the opportunity and privilege to share about Jesus Christ. That's all we need to do, Lord God, and, and the rest is up to you. God, 6,316 people slipped into eternity just this past hour. And some of them may be our own relatives, friends, and loved ones. Far be it, Lord God, that we do not take this challenge seriously. May you give us the grace and the boldness to share in word, both in deed as well, that when people see us, they see Christ-likeness in us that becomes the groundwork for being able to share about the personal relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Let our lives be living testimonies so that through our lives and how you work in and through our lives through your Holy Spirit that people around us will really see that Jesus is alive, that Jesus changes lives because you have changed ours. Give us the wisdom, Lord God, from your Holy Spirit to speak the words that this other person will need to hear. And may this person come to faith in Jesus Christ by the power of the gospel. This and the rest of their day, we commit to you, Lord God, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. So can we see God even if the word God doesn't appear in the Bible that you're reading? Yes. As we always do, we want to share with you some discussion questions. Uh, you can take a screenshot. We'll keep that frozen. Uh, by the way, when we do discussion questions, we do want to encourage you to really uh, discuss this in your small groups. Uh, it would be like a, more or less a waste if we have this up there and you don't even uh, give even a few minutes to discussing these questions. So is there someone you know who needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? What are you going to do to make sure that this person gets a chance to trust Jesus for his or her salvation? And when are you going to do this? Because it's now, what's the message today? It's now or maybe never. Never. 